48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. LegCo postponed its debate on extradition laws as tens of thousands blocked nearby streets. The Chief Secretary urges the protesters to clear the roads and not break the law. And there are warnings that, with tensions rising, the government needs to act to avoid the city tipping over the edge. A LegCo meeting at which lawmakers were due to start debating contentious proposals to amend the extradition laws has been postponed after tens of thousands of protesters surrounded the LegCo complex and occupied nearby roads, paralysing traffic. Janice Wong has details. The LegCo secretariat said the council's president, Andrew Leung, made the decision to delay the meeting. It did not specify when it would eventually begin. It only said lawmakers would be notified later. The decision was greeted with a roar of approval from the tens of thousands of protesters outside LegCo. Some of the protesters camped overnight outside the LegCo building. But their numbers grew early in the morning, with many chanting slogans calling for the withdrawal of the bill. The occupation of roads began at about 8 a.m. when a dozen masked protesters sprinted into Lung War Road surrounding a police van and several private vehicles. Half an hour later, thousands more took over Harcourt Road, moving metal barriers to block all the lanes of the highway. So far, there have been no major clashes, although police at one point used pepper spray on protesters at the intersection of Timwa Avenue and Harcourt Road. And because access to roads leading to the central government offices in Tamar have been blocked, all entrances to government headquarters have been closed until further notice. Our reporter Wendy Wong is on the scene at Queensway and has the latest. At around 10.30 this morning, some private cars just strangely stopped in the middle of the road and the drivers just left the cars until some police officers came to intervene. And then drivers told the officers that, oh, they crashed, but it's an obviously a premeditated attempt to block the road because a similar incident happened on both the eastbound and westbound lanes of the Queensway, causing serious traffic jams. And then later at around noon, dozens of protesters carried some barricades and large roadblocks and threw them onto the road, blocking the traffic again. And then hundreds or even thousands of protesters, after they knew that the roads uh, were blocked, they just came and spilled from Harcourt Road to the Queensway blocking both the eastbound and westbound lanes of the road. However, um, the police presence here is not too heavy. I can't see any officer trying to remove the uh, protesters. So the atmosphere is rather peaceful. The protesters are just sitting, chatting, chilling and using their phones. In the past half hour, Chief Secretary Matthew Chung has released a video calling on protesters to stop occupying main roads in Admiralty as soon as possible and not to do anything illegal. In the one-and-a-half-minute-long clip, Mr Chung also said the government had, on three occasions, added extra human rights safeguards to the extradition bill after listening to the public's views. He reiterated that the amendments were intended to prevent Hong Kong from becoming a safe haven for fugitives and that it would only target serious criminals, not ordinary law-abiding citizens. However, the Democratic Party chairman, Wu Chi Wai, warned that Hong Kong was now on edge and urged the chief executive, Carrie Lam, to act before it's too late. Carrie has to listen to the voice of peoples. That's the very fundamental things. Today, you can find many, many people come here to surround the buildings and they are willing to pay the price to tackle the ordinance, the amendment bills. And I think... If Carrie Lam, she 
consider herself as being a Hong Konger, as being raised in Hong Kong, and she is really loving Hong Kong peoples, then the only thing she should do is to take away, to drop the amendment bill. Council front lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick says the real battle against the government's extradition bill needs to take place outside LegCo. He says if pan-democrat legislators cause trouble inside the LegCo chamber, when the debate eventually begins, they could be removed from the discussion and the bill may end up being passed ahead of schedule. We do not have a definite winning formula, but we will try from all aspects. For example, we're trying to move the focus of the movement to districts in this weekend, trying to shake the foundation of support to this pro-Beijing camp, like people who are proposing to run for district council election this November. We will need to give pressure to them to let them to tell the party's hand that if they push for this bill, they will lose in this November election. Democratic Party lawmakers Roy Kwong and Ted Hoi have put themselves between protesters and police at the intersection of Longwo Road and Timwa Avenue, which leads to the chief executive's office. Mr Hoy says their presence will reduce the likelihood of the situation descending into violence. There's a big crowd, a massive crowd of the young people coming to the LegCo to express their anger. They're really growing anger against the extradition bill. And they are here to talk to carry them, tell them to stop, don't force uh, passing the bill. And I'm here in front of them because uh, I feel responsible to protect them. If the young people are here, so I think it's our, our duty. So that as long as we're here, I believe it's more difficult for the police to use force against them. However, Phyllis Kwong, president of the Asia-Pacific Law Association, says that the chief executive shouldn't back down because Hong Kong needs the extradition bill. I would say that there are a lot of misunderstanding. I'm not sure how many of those people who took part in the rally had actually spent some time in reading the bill. I'm not saying that all of them haven't read, but if some of them, there might be some point that there may be some misunderstanding and they raised the concern, but they have already voiced that. Uh, Carrie Lam had already responded to that. So then it is up to the legislator when they are examining the bill to make amendments. Carol Ung, the chairwoman of the Confederation of Trade Unions, says it may urge its members to strike on Monday. We are calling today is a suspension of work or of your work by your own means. So today it's the first stage. We would like to mobilize most of the workers. And if you're able to free from your work, come to the Admiralty to give the support. But next Monday, possibly, we need to make it as a strike throughout Hong Kong. A former student leader of the pro-democracy Occupy movement in 2014 says he believes police will handle this protest differently. A message on Facebook from police said they wouldn't clear people away, but would only rescue police vehicles and officers trapped by protesters. Tommy Cheung believes police will let people occupy the streets for longer before using force against them. I think the police would not carry out a similar message on the street, which is comparing with five years ago. I think they will try to let people to stay there first. And we can see the, the police said that they would not clear the street and they will help the people inside the car on the street to um, exit. To other news now, a new initiative is underway to try to reduce tensions between the United States and Iran. 
The Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe begins a two-day visit to Iran to discuss the breakdown in relations between Tehran and Washington. Here's the BBC's Michael Bristow. It will be the first visit to Iran by a Japanese Prime Minister since the Islamic Revolution in Iran in 1979. Despite that, Tokyo has traditionally had good relations with Tehran, partly because in the past it's relied on Iran for oil. That trade came to a halt this year as Japan complied with US sanctions on Iran, a situation expected to come up during official discussions. Sanctions were reintroduced by President Trump following his decision last year to pull out of a nuclear deal with Iran. The recent immigration deal between the United States and Mexico has come under further scrutiny after President Trump accidentally revealed controversial details of the agreement. Mr Trump waved a sheet of paper to journalists who saw references to a regional asylum plan involving other countries in the region. The Mexican opposition has accused the government of bowing to pressure from the US. The British government has outlined ambitious plans to cut greenhouse gas emissions to almost zero by 2050 in order to tackle climate change. Britain is thought to be the first major nation to put forward such legislation. Here's the BBC's Roger Harabin. Under the plan, almost all emissions from transport, industry, homes and farming will have been eliminated by 2050. Those emissions that remain will need to be compensated by things like tree planting or sucking CO2 out of the air. The terminology is net zero greenhouse gases. The government's climate advisers admit the task is daunting, but they say it must be done to ensure the UK plays its part in avoiding the worst of climate change. President Trump says he's received another beautiful letter from the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Speaking on the eve of the first anniversary of their summit in Singapore, Mr Trump said Mr Kim had kept his word on halting nuclear testing. No nuclear testing, no major missile testing, nothing like when I first got here. When I first got here, it was a bad mess. We have a very good relationship together. Now I can confirm it because of the letter I got yesterday. And I think that something will happen that's going to be very positive. A prominent Russian investigative journalist, Ivan Golinov, has been freed just days after his arrest on spurious drugs charges. His employer, the Latvian-based independent website Medusa, saluted the government for a rare climb down, saying it had listened to the people. The Russian authorities say they've suspended the police officers involved in the journalist's arrest. Mr Golinov emerged from house arrest to tell a waiting crowd that he would continue looking into corruption. Thank you very much for all the support. I still hardly understand what's happening. I'm happy that justice has been served and the criminal case was dropped. I hope the investigation will continue and I hope no one will find himself in the same situation as I did. To the markets, a short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 27,348. That's 440 points down on the previous close. Turnover for the morning session was $41.2 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.4 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 95 cents. With the sport now, here's Joanne Wong.
We start with football. Team USA have begun their defense of the Women's World Cup with a record-setting 13-0 destruction of Thailand in Reims. Ten of the goals came in the second half as the USA set a new mark for the biggest winning margin in a Women's World Cup match. Alex Morgan scored five goals with Rose Lavelle and Samantha Mewis netting twice in an embarrassingly one-sided Group F encounter watched by a crowd of more than 18,000. Here's the BBC's Sarah Mokrins reporting from France. So this was an utterly relentless win from the defending champions the USA here in Rams breaking that record set by Germany back in 2007 against Argentina that 11-0 uh, tonight though it ended 13-0 Alex Morgan with five goals she got them off the mark early on in the first half and it was the uh, World Cup uh, hero four years ago Carly Lloyd who got the final goal of the night their 13th Meanwhile, Joe Roard came off the bench and headed home from a close range and added time to give the Netherlands a 1-0 victory over New Zealand in La Harve. The win puts the European champions joint top of Group E with Canada. In the men's game, Germany maintained their perfect start to the Euro 2020 qualifiers as Serge Gnabry and Marco Reus fired them to an 8-0 victory over Estonia in Mainz. Gnabry and Roy scored two goals each as Germany sealed its third win from three games in Group C. Marco Verratti's late goal saw Italy come from behind to beat Bosnia-Herzegovina 2-1 and Turin to make it four wins out of four. The world's top-ranked side, Belgium, beat Scotland 3-0 in Brussels. France beat Andorra 4-0. Athletic South African caster Semenya won a rarely run 2,000-meter race in the east of Paris amid her ongoing legal battle with the IAAF over its testosterone rules. The double 800-meter Olympic champion, who was racing for the first time since the controversial new gender ruling came into effect, finished in 5 minutes 38.19 seconds ahead of a pair of Ethiopian runners. can run any events I want. <laughs> It can be 100 meters, it can be 200, it can be long jump, it can be heptathlon, you name it, you know, uh, I'm a talented athlete, so I'm not worried about uh, anything else. Even if I, uh, I have to withdraw from 800 meters, I, it don't matter no more. Uh, I think um, I've won anything I've ever wanted, you know, so uh, if I were to change any event, of course, why not? On to the Cricket World Cup, a third match has been abandoned because of rain. Sri Lanka's game on Tuesday against Bangladesh was called off without a ball being bowled in Bristol. Lionel Messi has beaten Cristiano Ronaldo to top spot in the list of the world's 100 highest paid sports stars, according to Forbes. The Barcelona and Argentina forward earned 127 million US dollars in the past 12 months. Paris Saint-Germain's Neymar is ranked third, and Serena Williams is the only woman in the top 100, earning 20 $29.2 million U.S. dollars. Last year's highest earner, boxer Floyd Mayweather, has dropped off the list. And that's today's sports. To end the news, a reminder of our top story. LegCo has postponed its debate on extradition laws as tens of thousands of protesters blocked nearby streets. The Chief Secretary has urged the protesters to clear the roads and not break the law. But there are warnings that, with tensions rising, Hong Kong is on the edge. And that's the news from RTHK. Tell me I can 
start again And I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace To be known, fully known And loved by you I'm fully known And loved by you So I'd like you to keep pursuing It's so like me to go astray Ooh, but Guard my heart with your truth The kind of love that's bulletproof And I surrender to your kindness Oh, I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace To be known, fully known 